Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Mox. Here with Will Brinson and John Breach, the Brinsonator and Breach to Palooza. I saw that it saw down there uh, for you guys. This is day one of 2023 free agency show. Make sure you join us all week long to keep up with all of the free agent signings. Also remember to like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube page. And for everyone listening to the audio version only, make sure that you download, follow, and leave a five-star review for us and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Brinsonator and uh, Breach of Palooza. What a day. What a day. Uh, yeah, fun day. By the way, you can, um, we also go by in, a, in my family when, when like more than three of us get together. We, it's called Brinsanity. Mm -hmm. So you feel free to use that if you Brin want. I like well, that term. Um, I actually thought, it, I, I thought, yeah, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not usually a complimentary. We don't have to get into who coined it. Um, the, uh, I would say that today was, it was a fun day, but like relatively slow, I thought, compared to maybe years past. And um, mm. I, I do kind of miss, I, I'll say this, I kind of miss the halcyon days of no legal tampering when there was just buzz and rumors and innuendo the first two days. And then at four o'clock, everything went ham. And it was like insanity <laughs> at four o'clock. And you had no idea it was going to hit like Jimmy Graham's been traded for Max Unger. And like all this stuff goes down. We can still get that on Wednesday. But I thought, you know, some... Maybe the bigger theme here, Breach, is that it was like weird positions got paid today. Well, I would say the flip side of what you were just talking about when everything just goes haywire on Wednesday is that we even saw that last year. I'm a Bengals guy. Alex Kappa signed a contract or agreed to a contract at 101 or 1201 p.m. last year, one minute into it. This year, I feel like it's been kind of slow. Maybe that's because we've spent uh, 23 hours waiting for an Aaron Rodgers deal to happen. This is like when you're at the airport and you're expecting someone to come pick you up like your ride home and they just never come. And you're just like, yo, bro, where are you? And and they're just not there. That's where we are with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yo, man, when's this going to happen? Well, And the other thing with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, too, is that because it's such a huge deal, like when it mm -hmm. actually happens. I don't know if you're watching. Like I had you know, I got, I got two TVs going. I had like you know, I had ESPN and obviously HQ on my, my third screen on my, my laptop. But like I had, the, you know, the um. I had you know NFL Network and ESPN going. They both had their specials, and it's like there were moments where like Adam Schefter was just not even like the five minute stretches where he's not even looking at anyone else. He's just on his phone. Then Field DH would be like, uh, Adam, anything else? You're like, mm. and just you know, and, and then there was one moment where like Mike Garofalo on uh, NFL Network answered her phone call. I was like, I'm on TV. I'll call you right back. And then Tom Pelissero tried to make fun of him by pretending to answer a phone call. But then Ian Rappaport actually answered a phone call and stood up and left and like unplugged his stuff. It was, it, it feels like everyone is, yeah, it's like every, you, you never know, everyone's on high alert for this. For this no problem. one's pressing ignore on their phone calls until this Rogers deal happens. Right. No way. So at what point do Jets fans start to panic? Right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. several hours Now's ago. it. <laughs> I mean, it, and I know we were talking about this pre-show a little bit, uh, and uh, Brinson, you had said that you think that maybe the news is going to drop on the Pat McAfee show. Is that what Rogers is waiting for? Which to me is just a jerk move. I actually hadn't thought of that until like just like right before we started, but it makes a ton of sense. Or at the very least, if he's going to let the Jets know, maybe he does it after the Pat McAfee show because 
everyone is going to tune into McAfee show. He's on there on Tuesdays, Tuesdays with Aaron. Um, and, and then you, you know, you get the, like, I bet they have the highest numbers ever if, if, if it hadn't been announced. And even if it is, even if the deal breaks before then, it's gonna be like, what is Aaron going to say about his time in Green Bay? What is he going to say about the Jets? Like it's, it's a win-win for McAfee on that, that Tuesday slot. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was held out uh, through then. This is like, this is a guy who, you know, it's, it's a weird one. Like he's, you know, he is a hall of, first ballot hall of famer. He's earned the right to, to take however long he wants. At the same time, it's like, do you not remember exactly what you went through 15 years ago when Aaron Rodgers? I mean, when, when Brett Favre did this to you, Rodgers, like, couldn't you, I mean, I don't know, man, like maybe, maybe move it along a little quicker. And we should say real quick, we're recording Monday night. And that if you're listening to this in the audio feed on Tuesday morning, an Aaron Rodgers trade could be done by then. We have no idea when it's going to happen. No idea what's going to happen. All right. So let's, let's talk some winners and losers um, of the first day of free agency. I guess starting with the winners, I mean, the Bears probably had one of the biggest wins. They had the number one overall traded for DJ Moore. Um, they also got the number, what, the nine pick overall and the 61 pick overall, plus first rounder in 2024 and 2025 second rounder. How are you guys feeling about the Bears? Bears fans must be pretty stoked. So it's weird. I listed the Bears as a winner originally. Um, I was making fun of the Bears um, and got yelled at by some people for it. Uh, told me to Ooh. shut up. It's, it's fine. They're, I've been friends of mine. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> but the, the, um, the the Bears are, I think, a winner because they had all this cap space. They had the number one pick. As you point out, they trade down and get all those assets. So you have to kind of lump that into the sort of the start of the year. They also go and... Um, you know, you sign uh, Nate Davis, show up your offensive line. You, of course, you pick up DJ Moore, as we mentioned, in that trade. You sign TJ Edwards and you sign Tremaine Edmonds. Now, like, it's, it's weird because the Bears are inherently better than they mm-hmm. were before they made the trade. They're inherently better than they were at 5 p.m. on Friday, right? Yeah. Like, 24 hours later, they are better. However, the Bears are not maybe making the smartest. Like, like, I don't think that what they're doing is necessarily, I don't think they're spending the money in a way that I would spend it. If I had all that cap space, I like the trade in the draft. I think you're just paying for off ball linebackers. You're you're doing okay. Like it feels like we're going to come out of this off season. The bears are going to be the like off season champions and everyone, people will pick them as a sleeper to win the division. And then we're going to get down their breach and they're going to be like, like, all right, you know, they, they still had a really bad roster and they still have a ways to go. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That It does feel like they are a winner, but just barely, you know, because you're talking about basically trading Tremaine Edmonds and, and TJ Edwards you bring in, but you also let Roquan Smith go in that trade. So it's it, it's not uh, exactly even, but you're talking about from a financial standpoint uh, that it, it's pretty similar. And so the thing, though, is that Ryan Poles has to rebuild this roster so what do you do? You know, you trade away the number one overall pick. Now you have an extra first round pick in 2024. Like you said, Brenton, you have DJ Moore. You add two linebackers. I think Nate Davis is a pretty underrated signing, uh, a, a pretty good offensive lineman. And the Bears need that. I mean, we saw Justin Fields running for his life last season. Mm. So I do feel like they're on the right track. And has it been a perfect free agency? No, but I feel like teams rarely have perfect free agencies. And when you have this many holes, you just got to add bodies when you can. And, and I feel like all these guys are pretty good. And, and I'll note too, um, with Tremaine Edmonds, like this is, I mean, I saw, I think it was um, over the cap tweeted out. Like it's, this contract is like basically fully guaranteed after the third day of the league year in 2024. So, I mean, he's getting all that money. He's only 25 years old. He's a super athletic uh, linebacker who can fly across the field, sideline to sideline, and is a really, really, really good fit in a Matt Eberflus defense. And so I think maybe, like, as much as we're knocking the off-ball linebacker stuff, especially when you had Roquan Smith, you know, like, he just, he just kept Roquan Smith and paid him. He was a great fit in there. It does feel like there's some synergy here between the coaching staff and the front office in terms of who they want to go out and get in the, in the open market. And look, Edmonds, you know, first-round pick. Buffalo wasn't going to give him this much money. It is a huge contract the largest ever for an inside linebacker in the NFL mm-hmm. in terms of four, four year contract. And so as much as like the positional value is a little weird, you know, look, the bears are better. They're spending money. It's anybody who lists free agency winners and losers is going to come away with the bears listed as a winner because of just like, I, and the, and the other thing too, I think um, would have been nice 
Mike McGlinchey would have been a nice pickup for them too. Um, you know, would have, would have cost a lot of money, but you know, the, the, the Broncos ended up getting him. We'll get to that in a minute, but I think, um, you know, Chicago's addressed issues with their defense and their offensive line uh, early on and added a ton of picks. So uh, overall, you know, it's hard not to put them as a winner, Katie. I, I would agree with you. And it's so fun. Interesting that you bring up Mike McGlinchey. Cause I also think they're kind of a winner in this. They were a front runner, but he signed with the Broncos, a five-year, $87.5 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. As a uh, as the resident 49ers fan here, I will say he is grossly overpaid with the Broncos. How do you guys feel about the Broncos? Are they a winner uh, with this deal and just in general in free agency so far on the first day? And $50 million guaranteed from McGlinchey. I'm sorry. Preach. Too much. Uh, you know what, Katie, when you're five and 12, you were the one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. You have to overpay for people. So Oof. absolutely. That's what the Broncos went out and did. I don't hate this move though. I, I feel like the Broncos were definitely a winner here. I thought Ben Powers was, uh, the, the top left guard in free agency and McGlinchey, you know, maybe he struggled a little bit in San Francisco, especially with his pass blocking, but they're aren't always right tackles on the market like this. I mean, I, I think he was the best right tackle in free agency. The Broncos said, all right, let's see what happened last year. Why was our offense so bad? Russell Wilson. Why was Russell Wilson bad? He didn't have any protection from his offensive line. He got sacked 55 times last year. That was tied for the most in the NFL. And of course, there are a lot of other things why Russell Wilson was bad, but that was just one of them. Uh, so what do you do? You upgrade on the offensive line. The two biggest holes on the line were right tackle and left guard. And this fills them right away. And now you can kind of plan the rest of the free agency with everything else is just kind of the cherry on top of the Sunday. Uh, so I really like these two moves. And you know what? If Russell Wilson looks as bad as he did last year, you throw in the Jarrett Stidham signing and, uh, you know, you got to back up who's ready to play if he has to play. Yeah, I mean, it, like getting one of the things that Sean Payton needs to figure out is, is Russell Wilson going to be Russell Wilson or is he going to be, mm. you know, last year, Russell Wilson. Right. Um, and if, if the answer is he's going to be last year, Russell Wilson, and you go out and you improve the offensive line, like what do you, what is, and, and there's rumors that they might be willing to trade one of those receivers, whether it's Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, or, or KJ Hamler. But like, if you're, if you're, if you're Sean Payton here, you got yourself a backup now to, I mean, I didn't think that Sean Payton was in love with Jared Stidham, but you know, we learn something new every day. Uh, he's <laughs> the new Taysom Hill. I guess oh. so. I mean, Mm, interesting. I do think, though, that like by going out and improving the offensive line, you already have the weapons there. You have the new coach in Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Breach, I think you pointed this out, is like it's a win-win for Sean Payton with his Broncos job because even if, if Russell stinks, Sean Payton's like, it ain't my fault. And now it's even more so the case because you've improved the offensive line. You have the weapons. You have the new offense with Sean Payton. You have the great coach in Payton. There's no excuse for Russell Wilson to stink. And if he stinks again in 2023, then it's simply Russ is washed and this is over. And you're, I don't know what you do. I think you still have what, one more year after that where you kind of have to deal with the contract, but um, you could conceivably cut him next off season. And so for Sean, maybe the, maybe the answer is the winner is Sean Payton here because he has yeah. positioned himself where no matter like, like if Russ is good, then he's the savior. If Russ is trash, then it's not it's not Sean Payton's fault. It's Russell's fault because I got him. The, I, he's got weapons, and I got him the offensive line improved in the offseason. So, and I think too, you look at what Payton and, and the and the, uh, and the Saints did uh, in you know or what they did in New Orleans. Like they they were focused on having a really stout offensive line in front of Drew Brees. You always saw that again. They traded they once traded Jimmy Graham for Max Unger. You know they they Teron Armstead. They draft Ryan Ramchick. They had a they that was a key priority, especially when you have a smaller quarterback because you don't want him getting pressured like that. You want him to be able to see and react. So I, I think uh, Sean Payton a winner, or if you want to be stringent about it, the Broncos could be a winner. Well, Dom in the chat says Broncos are trying to trade Sutton, Judy, or KJ. Do you think maybe he goes after Michael Thomas from New Orleans? Preach. I think those two. Oh, sorry. Or I, I mean. We've seen Michael Thomas. He's just been beat up the last few years. I don't know that uh, Sean Payne would want to bring somebody like that in uh, in this situation that they're currently in. So I don't know that that would fit what they're going to be trying I, to do. I think Sean Payton and Michael Thomas were like that was the beef with the same like that. Like yeah. they, they, I don't think they like each other. So that, like I think so. I I don't hate the idea, but I, I think it's unlikely just because of the uh, the the simmering beef on the stove between Payton and. 
we'll talk about I, I will just detail. go back to what you said earlier about Russell Wilson and what is he going to be when you do go and get someone like McGlinchey. To me, that says maybe you're going to run the ball more because he's much better as a run blocker than he is as a pass blocker. So we'll have to see what we get with uh, with that next year. Well, and Katie, I'm glad you brought that up because why did Russell Wilson want out of Seattle? Because they wouldn't let Russ cook. And now you hear Sean yeah. Payton is slowly building the Seahawks offense in Denver where, hey, Russ, sorry, buddy, we're actually going to run the ball a lot. We got two great run blockers here. Uh, we've got Javante Williams, who's going to be healthy. Uh, you're not going to be throwing as much as I think you want to be throwing. And go, you go back and look at the freaking statistics and look at the analytics, and it's very, very obvious that Russell Wilson is one of the best play-action passers in in like in football in the last 10 years. I mean, that's when he transferred out of NC State and went to Wisconsin, he ran that play action offense and he's so lethal on those deep bombs, especially when you're setting it up with the run, that it makes a ton of sense. And go back and look at the you know the last look at when Drew Brees was in the same sort of age range as Russell Wilson is now. Sean Payton was run heavy as hell in New Orleans. Like he he ran the ball a ton. I mean, they had Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara. I mean, like this is you know they they utilize the screen game and stuff like that. But it wasn't like it wasn't Breeze in like oh nine you know the back end of his career. I think he probably looks at Russell Wilson and says we're not gonna we're not gonna just let you throw it fifty times a game. We want to run the ball, take some play action shots, and then if we need you to you know cook in a no huddle offense, we can do that. But um, yeah, I think if Russ thinks that he's gonna be whipping the ball around 50 times a game. He's sorely mistaken. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Edmund going to the bears? That's from Jair. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I, I like it. It was really expensive, but he's young and, um, you know, he has not been a consistent performer, uh, throughout, throughout, you know, like he, he's been very up and down. He hasn't been, and he's still young, 25, been in the league five years, which is crazy. That he's only 25. He's drafted at age 19. Um, at a, was he, did he play Vatek or is that his brother? Either way, regardless, um, five years, never like you, 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 there's definitely ups and downs. And so it will see how that translates on a huge contract like this, but he is a really good fit as an athlete in terms of the Matt Eberflus defense. Sort of, I mean, like a, a smaller Darius Leonard, maybe. Yeah. And that's, I, I think the big part is, and you just said it with, uh, and then Eberflus defense, he clearly felt that someone like, Tremaine Edmonds fits what he wants to do on defense better than someone even like Roquan Smith. And that's what a head coach does is they kind of pick and choose. Say, all right, I like you. You fit the mold of what I'm trying to do better. Uh, and so I would think that Tremaine Edmonds will be pretty good in this defense. All right, guys, it was a very sad day for me in the Mox household, and I'm sure you can guess why. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a three-year deal, $72.75 million, $24.25 million in year one, guaranteed. I think it's a win for the Raiders, and it's also a win for the 49ers. Obviously, we you know, clear up a lot of that cap space with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know what I'm going to do with this bobblehead uh, over my shoulder. I think I'm going to keep it. I, I, I Well, one, everyone, I know at, at this point, people think that my fandom for Jimmy Garoppolo is a personality trait, but I'm not moving to Las Vegas. I'm not going to become a Raiders fan. It is 49ers above everything else. But uh, it's, it's, it's a sad day because Jimmy Garoppolo really gave a lot to the organization. And, you know, it was kind of in shambles before he got there. And, uh, it, it is it is interesting to note that one, you're wearing all black, it appears, Katie. Yeah, I'm in mourning. I'm in mourning. And two Thank you for noticing. Yeah, maybe but also silver and black. You're representing Jimmy's new team. Right. <laughs> oh, I didn't even this is just mourning. Maybe maybe you should follow the advice of the Rolling Stones and with your bobblehead and just paint it black. Yeah, people in the chat aren't thinking that uh, from Car to Jimmy G, it's not much of an upgrade. I would disagree there, but of course, I am uh, a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. How do you guys feel about this? Is it a win for the Raiders? Uh, well, I will say as the person who suggested Jimmy, I think this is a win for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I don't. This is not necessarily oh, yeah. a win for the Raiders. I definitely wouldn't classify them as a winner based on this one signing especially you know it's fair to say is this much of an upgrade from Derek Carr it's it, even if you say it's a lateral move Jimmy's injured a lot so I, I don't know that you can call it an upgrade but this is a Jimmy Garoppolo's a winner because he gets paid 
that, you know, money he didn't get last year when he took that pay cut to stay on as the 49ers backup quarterback. So Jimmy gets paid. Jimmy gets to go play for a head coach he's familiar with. He gets to run an offensive system that he's familiar with. And so he gets put in a spot where he can absolutely find success in 2023 with Darren Waller, with Devontae Adams, with Josh Jacobs. I mean, they have a lot of good skill players in Las Vegas. So I, I love this situation for Jimmy. Jimmy is a winner. I don't know if the Raiders are a winner. Well, I mean, I think one of the things about this is, and look, I mean, you can, I don't, I don't think that you can definitively say that Carr is that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo or that Jimmy Garoppolo is that much better than Derek Carr. I think they're pretty even, like, I, you know, this is a Kirk Cousins sort of range of quarterbacks. Like I always said that Jimmy Garoppolo was like the evil Kirk Cousins, you know, like evil, sexy. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I like the sexy more than the evil, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like, like Kirk Cousins is like, like, you know, like firing up his Traeger and cooking well done steaks. And Jimmy Garoppolo is like dating porn stars, you know, in, in, in the Bay area. And um, I mean, I think to me, the, the difference is the Raiders and Josh McDaniels, like if you, even if you want to say Derek Carr's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better fit with Josh McDaniels than Derek Carr. Like they they played and coached, they've coached, mm-hmm. you know, coached and played together in New England, familiar with the offensive system, knows how to run it. Will be it'll be a seamless it'll be a seamless transition. You won't have to deal like clearly they didn't think that Derek Carr liked in to Derek Carr in Derek Carr's defense he'd been dealing with a lot of different offensive systems in Oakland and Las Vegas. Um, I just I will I'll take Jimmy G over over Derek Carr. The one big knock here with Jimmy G is that he just hasn't stayed healthy in his career. And the Raiders now, yeah. you know, you're putting a lot of eggs in the basket of Jimmy Garoppolo, where we saw with San Francisco when Jimmy G went down, even with Kyle Shanahan in that system and like Nick Mullins and those guys, like they didn't win a lot of games when Jimmy G got hurt. So if you're the Raiders, you know, you have to at least um, you know. That's a concern. Is like can Jimmy G stay healthy? Because if he cannot, then you are suddenly going to find yourself um, perhaps in a uh, un- an uncomfortable situation, like the back of a Volkswagen. That's for Ryan Wilson. It's a mall rats quote for those who don't know. Okay, cool. I don't like malls or rats. I'm just kidding. I don't Totally different. Totally different. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. But before we do, it's bracket time. So get yours in now on the CBS Sports app. You can play in men's and women's pool pools with friends and join the challenges for a chance to win a new car and trips to the 2024 Final Four. Get the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com slash play to start filling in your brackets. No purchase necessary. See terms and rules for details. Day one winners are coming up next here on the Pick 6 Podcast. Get breaking news. Big news coming out of the NFL today. Highlights and instant reactions. The largest final round comeback in tour championship history. We're down to the final four. I just want to take time to analyze greatness. Shock winners and losers with a guy who's already a big winner. CBS Sports HQ. It's all sports all day long. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox, joined here with Will Brinson and John Breach. Don't forget to follow us on social at Pick 6 Pods across all social media platforms, also cbsports.com. We are live there as well. All right, we talked about some of the winners, and I do still think that there are some more winners in there, like, you know, the 49ers. So we we got someone pretty big from the Eagles. Sorry about it over there, Billy. Uh, But speaking of the Eagles, would y'all say that they were a winner or a loser in this. You got Jason Kelsey that announced that he intends to return. I would say that that is a win and something that Packers fans maybe wish happened for them. Um, but then they lost someone pretty big to the 49ers. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, uh, Javon Hargrave. I was, it's yes. really weird. Like I feel like I feel like every time I, we talk about Javon Hargrave, like I'm petrified I'm going to say Vernon Hargraves. Um, just because there hadn't been that many Hargraves in NFL history. But yeah, I mean, look, Javon Hargrave signed a four-year, $84 million deal uh, with forty million guaranteed to join the 49ers. It's a huge contract. It was one of the Airy. early ones. Yeah, Airy. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, 
you know, just to put that into into context with the 49ers, who I think win here, you know, you have Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, mm-hmm. and now Nick mm-hmm. Bosa on that defensive line. And we saw how good they were, you know, when you had, you know, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. I mean, this is a this is a mm-hmm. beastie defensive line for the 49ers. It's their strength. They're leaning into it. Um, you know, they lose they lose some coaching, you know, lose Demika Ryan's, of course, but you still have um, you know, now in Steve Wilkes, a defensive coordinator who likes to be aggressive, who blitzes a lot. And when you have those bodies up front, you can blitz and you don't have to blitz like, like you don't have to blitz like a ton of guys. You can send somebody, you know, off the edge, like a you know, cornerback or a nickelback coming inside or send a safety. And you know, you can just there's just a lot of pressure that you can put on quarterbacks. Um, Javon Hargrave second in terms of sacks and in, in, in defensive tackle rankings. Uh, I, I think the Eagles are a loser when you just just look. I mean, like I mean, I, yeah, we were kind of trolling Billy and Slack, but um, you know, the reality is the Eagles get to the Super Bowl. And you see this with the Bengals too, right? The Bengals had a great run. We'll talk about them in a second. But a lot of pieces from the Eagles are left, especially on this defense. And it's going to be – they've lost their defensive coordinator. You know, you you lose a guy like Hargrave, who was a great signing for them away from Pittsburgh a few years ago. And now he makes bank after he dominates in your defense. I just think it's going to be tough to replicate what the Eagles were on defense last year based on the early returns of their losses. I trust Howie Roseman to do a great job. Getting Jason Kelsey back is massive. That is a huge, huge gift for them because that's how like he is such a key factor to their run game. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're if you're just looking at the first day of free agency and we're talking about winners and losers, the Eagles kind of have to be a loser breach. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about a team that lost three stars, not just Javon Hargrave, he's definitely the most notable because uh arguably one of the best defensive players in the NFL last year. But when you toss TJ Edwards on top of that and you toss Marcus Epps on top of that. Uh, Yeah, then it starts to come across as maybe the Eagles defense could be in a little bit of trouble next season. Now, that being said, you know, we knew the Eagles were going to lose a couple defensive players. There's no way they were going to keep everyone. So I don't think they're a huge loser right now. But I do think that things could get a lot worse if they lose James Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And now we're talking about five starters gone. Then they are one of the biggest losers of free agency. But right now I have them like in my loser cup but maybe i could put them in the middle not as a winner or a loser if they retain both of those guys uh but if they don't then they go further down to the bottom of my loser cup well, and it's also worth noting too like a lot of these guys that they're you know they lose these guys like bradbury chelsea Gardner, and we don't know if they'll lose those two guys yet but you know like they they assembled this defense in a manner that was really efficient and really well done by howie roseman like they didn't go out and spend a ton of money on all of these guys for the most part they brought together this defense by finding value signings. And so you do kind of, you do have to kind of trust Harry Roseman to be able to do something similar to try and replicate what they have, but it's not easy. You just, you just can't pay all these guys on a, on a, on a defense that leads the NFL in sacks as a third most sacks in NFL mm-hmm. history. and goes to the Super Bowl. It's just not, it's just not possible to do it. I want to hear from Billy. I want to know what Billy thinks about the Eagles. Do you? Do you? Like, Billy, here, let me tell you what Billy thinks. So before, We're going to win the Super Bowl, even though they lost everyone. Fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. We're great. We're great. Jalen Hurts, baby. Let's go. Oh, oh, we're, we're, we're doing glass half full here. This glass is spilling over at all times. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the drunk guy at the bar who cannot stop sloshing his beer. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. I mean, look, I, I think Breach and Brinson were correct that we weren't going to be able to keep everybody, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, you still got guys like N'Kobe Dean who didn't play a lot of snaps last year but played a little bit in that Tennessee game and showed some things. But you also have a guy in Jordan Davis who can play down down low and kind of keep things together. But you also got a guy in Milton Williams had four sacks last year, you know, was in the rotation, played big big snaps for this team. So you just got to trust Harry Roseman, believe that he can maybe possibly still get a deal with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, bring him back as a safety and then, you know, we kind of just go from there and, and try to rebuild this defense. Boom. Glass half full. So what you're saying is we got a Philly guy on here saying trust the process. Essentially. What could go wrong? Let's see if the um, Bengals guy can trust the process or feel a little bit better about what's going on in uh, Cincy. Breach. Uh, you know what I'll say is that, uh, hey, I said that the Eagles were barely on my loser radar right now, but would be way on it if they lose uh, Gardner Johnson and Bradbury. 
the Bengals aren't on it for me because I never in my wildest dreams thought Jesse Bates was coming back. He was gone. He's been gone. There was no way they were going to pay him even $15 million a year. The Falcons threw $16 million a year. Adam, uh, the Bengals are kind of in the Howie Roseman school of thought. They're looking always to get younger and cheaper unless it involves Joe Burrow or one of their cornerstone pieces. They'll pay Jamar Chase. They'll pay the guys they need to. But otherwise, you know, they're not looking to spend that money. I actually thought the Bengals, they went out and signed or re-signed Jermaine Pratt. I didn't think that was mm-hmm. going to happen. I actually thought he was going to walk away in free agency. He's been a pretty key part shout of that defense. Shout out to High Point, North Carolina. Jermaine Pratt, a High Point boy. That's like crazy. <laughs> I never North Prince, Carolina Pratt Yeah. I mean, the NC State guy, but he's literally from my hometown. I think it's I – mean, I agree with you. Pratt was a great get. And, I mean, the Bengals – I think the Bengals are losers because Breach State – like they lost two key pieces on the back end. Now, can they replace them and 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 figure things out? And do they retain Pratt? Like I'm not saying that they they stink. It's sort of like the Eagles too. Bill, you and Billy are getting so mad. And well, and Von Bell, Von Bell was the other one we didn't mention him. Yeah, Von Bell to the Panthers. I mean, the, look, the reality is when you lose in in that defense, that Lou Anarumo defense, you lose your two states, two starting safeties. Like that's a big deal. But to your point, yes, they in theory will be able to replace him. I think it's just like on a, on a scale of one to ten. What's your panic level for the for the Bengals here? I would say mm-hmm. it's a three. I mean, they drafted Dax Hill to take over at safety. They knew they weren't going to be able to retain Jesse Bates. I was surprised Von Bell left. That is not good. I was hoping they would keep one of their two safeties. Uh, but, you know, remember, Chidebo Wizier was injured for most of last season. He will be back. So you're, you're getting your top cornerback. You still have Mike Hilton. You still have plenty of guys in the secondary. You just have to figure out how to replace Von Bell. You can do that in draft. You can do that in the backside of free agency. So there's still plenty of time for the Bengals to kind of fill these holes. And they don't have as many holes as the Eagles. You know, we're only talking about two starters, which one of them they plan to lose. So it's really only one defensive starter you're looking to replace. And it's also- <laughs> when, we see, when we see losers, we're not like, the, the problem is like when you yeah, do yeah. lose, like, you know, like people are like ah, you think I you think the Bengals like the, I mean, we don't think the Bengals are gonna be like three and fourteen or anything. It's just that like no. on the first day of free agency, the Bengals lost several key players, and therefore when you're building up winners and losers, the the Bengals are a key loser or an obvious loser, I think. Well, and just real quick to that point, like the Bengals literally are one signing away from being on everyone's winners list. If they went out and got Jordan Poyer, and I'm just naming random safety names, Jimmy Warder, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Boom. All mm-hmm. of a sudden they're a winner. One. That's one signing. Just one signing. Boom. I agree. All of a sudden they're a winner. Well, speaking of people that didn't win the day, the Chargers did not sign anyone yet. And their star yeah. running back is asking for a trade. Not a great day. I saw that you tweeted, Brinson, basically that Chargers are going to charge her. Is that uh, what's all happening? Charger. Yeah. What are we doing? And by the way, I think just really quickly, I think that um, it's worth pointing out. I, I think I noted this. I don't know if I made the list, but uh, a winner too is if you're a defensive tackle, like we talked about the Vernon Hargrave, the Vernon Hargrave mm-hmm. signings. Um, uh, Javon Hargrave. See, I did it. Oh my God. Yeah, Javon Hargrave. <laughs> you predicted you would do it, and then you did it 20 minutes later. <laughs> Dude, I just knew I was just capable of doing it. Um, yeah, the Javon Hargrave signing, he got paid. Um, who was the other big defensive tackle signing that I'm somehow blanking on that got paid? Um, there's a, there, there are a couple like big Falcons defen- sign one. Uh, but they, they saw on Yamada. There was some buzz in the like the agent community that this was going to be the free agency year where the defensive tackle market got reset. And you see these big old contracts going to defensive tackles. And then you have guys like Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, um, uh, uh, Quentin Williams. Like there are all these younger defensive tackles where, you know, for, you know, for years, like obviously edge rushers get paid more than defensive tackles. The defensive tackles have gotten these big contracts, that's huge because one, it now resets the market and allows other guys to get paid more. And then two, it makes it a lot more difficult to franchise tag them because now your five biggest cap hits are going to raise up significantly. Whereas usually like Aaron Donald and then like a bunch of dudes below him. Now you have guys who are actually boosting this up and it will allow more of those guys to get to free agency. And so it's a big winner for the defensive tackle, uh, the, the defensive tackle men out there. As far as the chargers, like, man, friend of the podcast, Austin Eckler, incredible dude baller like he's he dominates now he's 28 years old Mm. that makes it a little tough yeah yeah for a running back (laughs) for a running back yeah yeah. for a running back not not for us here on the pod but for a running back that's old no 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 yeah for us here yeah that's that's i i i 
it cut it's off long pink. to be 28 again yeah yeah but yeah it was 28 again i Actually, I guess was I doing this at 28? No. I'm 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 inching closer to 28, so you know I kind of know the feeling. I'm getting like, oh, yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. So Billy knows. Billy knows. Yeah. Billy knows. Uh, the feeling Sim- of the- but yeah, sorry. Yeah, Sim- I mean, the- I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please continue. No, I was just gonna say that, like, like if you lose Eckler, man, like I don't think people understand how critical he is to making that offense go. Like he is good running between the tackles. He is a great pass, like an elite pass catching running back. And there's so many different things that they do with that offense that, especially you think about like the way Kellen Moore maybe used Tony Pollard in a similar style. If they traded Austin Eckler, I think it would be a pretty big blow to that offense. Absolutely. Huge blow to the offense. Yes. Well, okay, uh, can you imagine so being a Chargers fan? Guys? Say that again. I said, just can you imagine being a Chargers fan? No, so, I, I the last the last time I, you got the chair in a game, you blew twenty seven nothing late. Now you're dealing with Eckler wanting to get traded. I know it's like people. People always hit me up. They're like, "Man, you you know you're right. Like the the way to get like the, the, the like the way is to get away. Like I, I've been a char- I was a Chargers fan for like a decade, like 15 years. It's hell on earth. You were Philip Rivers. Yeah. You were a Chargers fan. Love the Chargers for Rivers was there. Yeah, that was my team. Go Tar Heels. Hey, yeah, I don't know why I'm hey, surprised. Hey, you, know, you know where the Tar Heels oh. should go? The Tar Heels should go to the NIT. <laughs> Uh, so where would you guys like to see Eckler? We got Sim in the chat saying that he would like them to go to the Bills. Uh, we got Dom saying the Eagles. If Eckler does not stay with the Chargers, which, by the way, he does not want to be, uh, where do you think? Also, I see going to the Chiefs. He would fit perfectly on the Chiefs as an upgrade to McKinnon and splitting with Pacheco. That would be – I mean, that would that would just be the rich getting richer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if the Chargers would trade him in the division. Um, he would be unbelievable in an Andy Reid offense, like outrageous. Unbelievable. The you know the Panthers traded away Christian McCaffrey last last season. Uh, I don't know that they're in the mix for Eckler per se, but it's an NFC team, and they do really really need some targets and some weapons for uh, whatever quarterback they're going to draft at one. They don't have a lot of draft picks to trade, so that may not work. Um, I think the Bills are at the top of everybody's list because Buffalo has been trying to figure out a way to solve the running back situation there. And, you know, Eckler in you know that type of offense would be dominant as well. Uh, Eagles sure would make some sense, I guess. I, I think anybody really with who doesn't currently have like a, a true Eckler is one of the true feature backs left in the NFL. How about the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, maybe oh. they're on the, fence, on the fence with Joe Mixon. He has no guaranteed money. You can get rid of him, save $9 million, put all of that towards Austin Eckler. Uh, and that would be an interesting fit with Joe Burrow and also throughout the Dolphins. I think they would be a good fit. We saw how Christian McCaffrey, how well he plays in Kyle Shanahan's offense and Mike McDaniel's running something similar in Miami. And I think Eckler would absolutely tear it up in South Beach. Just Victor like Garcia, Eckler with the Bears. Eckler and there Herbert combo back again. That'd be a fun one. I actually like the Bengals oh spot. Breach, All right, guys, we're going to talk – Oh, sorry. Yeah, you get. How do you? What do you feel? No, nah, breach, breach throughout a Eckler would tear it up in South Beach, just like Brinson. And I was spit out my. I was coughed on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we are going to take a quick break. You're watching the Pick Six podcast. We're talking some underrated moves when we get back. Bracket season is here. Join the madness by playing the official bracket game of the NCAA. Get the CBS Sports app and be part of the madness. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Mox, here with Will Brinson and John Breach. This is day one of the 2023 free agency show, so make sure that you join us all week long. Uh, and we will keep you up to date with all the free agent signings. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page. All right, guys, let's talk some underrated picks. Patrick Peterson to the Steelers. Mm, yeah, you know, um, the cool thing about Patrick Peterson to the Steelers is like, if you wanted to find out what Patrick Peterson thought about going to the Steelers, you could easily do it. Uh, whether you want yeah. to watch Brian McFadden on CBS Sports HQ or 24-7 streaming sports mm-hmm. network, cbssportshq.com, or if you wanted to watch the All Things Covered podcast, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, you would get all of those answers answers because Patrick Peterson does a podcast with CBS because he's Brian McFadden's mm-hmm. cousin. So it's actually like, you know, you know I, 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 I'm, I'm past the point of like, I, I don't mind. 
not am I plugging other NFL podcasts at CBS, like with the first pick with our friend Ryan Wilson, or all things covered with Brian McFadden and Patrick Peterson, both very good podcasts. You should check them out. I think it was 14 million for two years. Did I see that just come out for Patrick Peterson? Yes. That's not a that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, the um the one thing that uh, I think was bandied about in terms of Peter Pat P is when he went to Minnesota. They had him playing a lot more like sort of off man zone stuff instead of playing the pure strict man to man that he'd done for so long in Arizona. Um, he had changed around a little bit when Wilkes got there, and then you know with I think Vance. Anyway, the point being is that the style of uh, style of defensive play that he did in Minnesota, if if they move that over, if, if Pittsburgh uses the same approach with Pat P. I think it's a really good signing. Two years. He says he says he wants to play two more years of the NFL. Presumably, then retire. Well, I would think a Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, pretty easily. I'm not sure. Ryan Wilson's not here to to dunk on us about a Hall of Fame situation, but um, if they use him in that role, I think it's a really good fit. You know, and Mike Tomlin and Pat P feel like just an, like an easy combo to pair together. Yeah, definitely. And and one thing about Patrick Peterson is I feel like after. 2021 people were like uh how much does he have left in the tank and then he went out last year and had a phenomenal year i mean he had five interceptions i think that was tied for the fifth most in the nfl he's got 34 interceptions in his career he is just picking off passes left and right i think that's the most of any active player uh and, and i do think he's going to be a good personality fit with mike tomlin as uh brinson was kind of alluding to there and so you look at what he does and at you're only paying him $7 million a year for kind of a role playing corner. I think that that's uh, a good pickup for the Steelers as much as I, I think Brian McFadden is happy about this as well as a former Steeler himself, two time Super Bowl champion. That's right. Uh, between, between all of us and Brian McFadden, we have two Super Bowls. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Okay. Uh, what about the 49ers? They reach an agreement with a one-year deal with uh, Panthers quarterback, former Panthers quarterback, Sam Darnold. Look, I didn't want it to be Matt Ryan. We were talking about it last week. Uh, Sam Darnold is the backup. I mean, sure. Sure. I think it's better than Matt Ryan. It's better than a Carson Wentz. I'll take Sam Darnold. If, 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 if Kyle Shanahan fixes Sam Darnold and turns him into like a starting caliber quarterback, okay. I mean, it's just, you, you think know, Kyle awesome. Shanahan can fix Sam Darnold? Dude, Kyle Shanahan, anybody can play in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He fixed like Brian Hoyer. He turned Brian Hoyer into a star. What if Sam Darnold's not broken? Just look who he's played for. Look at his the offenses okay. he's run with and the coaching Fair. staffs. I, I love I'm not it. saying Darnold's good or anything. I'm just saying I could see a situation where Shanahan uh, flips Darnold's career around. I mean, this is a, I mean, like Sam Darnold was really good in college and a former number three overall pick. Like. He has the pedigree, and he played for a Jets team that was just completely dysfunctional before the Panthers traded for him. And that Panthers team was not exactly functional. I mean, you know, it's they had a bad offense. It, I I think it is possible. I, I, a lot of times, I think that it's under Brady Quinn. And I talk about this all the time. Is the quarterback the quarterback and the coach fit is almost like mm. that's the most important thing there is. Like maybe, and I'm not, I'm not saying Sam Darnold's going well, to. And to Brenton's point, real quick, Darnold's coaches in his five seasons todd bowles adam gase adam gase mm. matt mm. rule matt rule all right i mean two of, the, two, of the, two of the five worst coaches in the last like 20 years right and matt rule and adam gase and <laughs> <laughs> there he is like, darnold has got a baby face he's got a baby face i think darnold's a friend of the podcast too actually um after he got drafted he came mm -hmm. on but like kind of looks similar to brock purdy i feel like they could be cousin I, I think I think I think they're one coach who could potentially get the most out of, and I, I don't say this is like like Andy Reid couldn't do it. I just think this system, where it's mm. you yeah. are running all lot, you are bootlegging out, and remember, Sam Darnold was leading the league and leading the entire NFL in rushing touchdowns through like six weeks, like two years ago, and you just simply have to make good decisions. It doesn't necessarily require like elite athletic play or whatever. I I think. If you can get Cal, if you get Brock, if Cal Shannon can get Brock Purdy to play at a level to get the 49ers to the NFC Championship game, I would not discount the idea that Sam Darnold could have some kind of, you know, rejuvenation or like, you know, like whatever you want to call it. Now, in a perfect world, Sam Darnold never sees the field because Trey Lance is good. Yeah. But, but I think, I also think this is probably a 
net positive for expectations for Brock Purdy because this mm-hmm. is not a oh god we are worried that Brock won't be ready we need to sign somebody who we know so I, I yeah and oh that's a good point Victor makes uh Steve Wilkes you know switches from Carolina to San Francisco yeah. obviously knew uh Sam Donald in Carolina yeah, the chat doesn't seem to think that Sam Darnold makes good decisions. <laughs> People, I think they think he sees ghosts more than makes good decisions. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it's it's. There's yeah, and that doesn't matter because Kyle Shanahan makes the the, the yeah. decisions for you. That's yeah, it. He's going to say this is who you're throwing it to. Throw it to Christian McCaffrey. That's your first read, your second read, your third read. I don't care what happens. Give him the ball. Just are, are, they, make it are, easy. are the Niners the the uh, Panthers West? Is that what's going on here? You get McCaffrey and Sam Darnold. Um, oh God, Sean no, McCaffrey please. I'm just trying to make Yeah. Well, but also, yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold's not a real Panther. He was just there for, you know, what, one season? He got real, he got not, real Panther. Not the same as Christian McCaffrey that was like Panther. a you know, would-be franchise. Well, it's not Christian McCaffrey coming. You know, he was there for a long time. He was one of their franchise guys. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't, I would associate Sam Darnold more with the Jets than I would yeah. with the Panthers in terms of just, you know, when I think about him. Okay, let's talk about the Titans here. Uh, Andre Dillard agreed to a three-year with the Titans, $29 million contract. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. And um, I don't, I, I got to tell you, man, I don't know what, I'm not sure what Tennessee's doing. <laughs> no okay. one knows. Literally no one knows right now. I, mean, I like, I mean, they've completely turned over their offensive line in the last few mm-hmm. years. You have Ryan Tannehill there, but he's probably there for one more year. You draft Malik Willis in the third round. Derrick Henry is reportedly on the trade trading block. You got rid of A.J. Brown. Your number one wide receiver is Traylon Burks. Robert Woods is gone. You know, you Austin Hooper's a free agent. Like I am I'm having a now most of the starters on defense look like they'll be sticking around, but Breach, man, I am having a hard time figuring out a, a path, as Ryan Wilson likes to say, where the Titans are good on <laughs> offense. Yeah, the way this team is constructed, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what they're doing either. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out. I mean, this team was the favorite or one of the two favorites to win the division going in the last season. It was the one seed two years ago. In the right, East. and now they've just totally dismantled everything. They traded away A.J. Brown. They have, I don't know what they're doing on offense. They can't figure out, and Billy sneaks in. Uh, a former Eagles player being an underrated signing for the Titans. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think that Andre Dillard is going to help them very much. So, I, you know, they let Nate Davis walk. We just saw him sign with the Bears. So, I, I mean, this is just. Are they taking? I, I kind of, you know, I don't I don't think Mike Brabel would ever be on board with tanking. So I'll say no. But it does. If you just watch their moves. It kind of, mm-hmm. you know, my actions are speaking louder than words that, yes, it, maybe it feels a little bit like that. Mm. Yeah, Josh in the mm. chat said they're playing for a 2024 number one draft pick. What do you think it feels like to be Derrick Henry right now? I mean, I you're think th- you're wondering, am I going to be on the Titans in six months? Yeah. And and you're thinking, God, if I am, I'm going to get 700 carries this season because Ryan Tannehill has no one to throw the ball to. So I'm going to be the entire offense more than usual. Uh, so you're probably a little bit worried. And look, I will say too, like with that defense, just the way it's constructed, and Vrabel, who I think is a really good coach, and you have Tannehill and Henry, and maybe the offensive line is better than we think, just they come together somehow. It is possible that this team could just win a bunch of ugly games and steal that division. Having said that, when you look at the offensive depth chart, you're like, this is not a this is not a feasible path to, to winning that division or like or or being any good. Oh, well, the hilarious thing, Brenton, about what you just said is that literally the Titans could be thinking, eh, you know, if we tank, we tank, but they're in such a bad division that you could just stumble into like eight wins because you're in the AFC South and you're winning the games 12 to 10 and 15 to 12. And now you're one game out of the division league going into week 18, even though you had no firepower on offense, kind of like Tennessee this past season. Yeah, it's weird, man. It is weird. It is weird. All right, guys. Well, any anything else that you would uh, like to discuss on day one? Um, do we uh, do we miss anything? Miss anything obvious? No. I'll throw out Just real quick oh. the Patriots trading away Johnu Smith to the Falcons. I Ooh. love that move mm. for Atlanta. Uh, he's reuniting with Arthur Smith. He Johnu Smith has been in the NFL for six seasons, 
Arthur Smith was his offensive coordinator for two of those six seasons in Tennessee, and those were his two best seasons. Uh, this was, I think the Falcons gave up just a seventh round pick. So it, it was throwaway pick to get a guy who I think will be a, a pretty good weapon in that Falcons offense, especially because teams are going to wor- be worrying about Kyle Pitts and that should be opening things up for John. Yeah, and John Smith, very good at run blocking as well. So that helps with what Arthur Smith wants to do. I would say like the Falcons, you could probably throw it as, as winners of, of day one, two, if you wanted to, because they go out and get your boy, Jesse Bates as well. Um, you know, uh, yes, uh, Josh Dewey points out Chiefs got a new left tackle. They mm-hmm. dropped, uh, I think I had Jawan Taylor on my list of winners. It didn't make it, but like, didn't what he get? Uh, 80, 40? Yeah, four years, 80 million. Four years, 80 million dollars. Good for him. Yeah. What does Orlando Brown want? I mean, obviously more, but I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, how you, much more? I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you kind of rather just pay Orlando Brown than like go get Jawan Taylor? I, we don't run the teams, Brenton, but yes, I agree with you on that. Well, and the, the one thing about the Chiefs, too, is like, We've seen this. They have done this over the last few years, with the one exception being that Super Bowl, the Super Bowl loss to the Bucs, where they just got Mahomes got manhandled and the offensive line was really bad. They have done a good job of churning these sort of offensive linemen, replacing particularly the tackles, um, and identifying like Orlando Brown wanted out and they were aggressive in going to get him. Joe Tooney uh, wasn't franchise tagged by the Patriots and they were aggressive in going to get him. They've done a good job of their aggression in terms of the trade in the free agency market on the offensive line and being able to identify guys who would succeed in their system. So it's not unreasonable to suggest that Jawan Taylor, who was, I believe a second round pick with the Jaguars um, a few years ago could ultimately be a really good player for the chiefs. If you trust Brett Veach, trust uh, Andy Reid, And I, I definitely trust those guys. Yeah. I, I mean, they let Andrew Wiley walk too, because he signed with the commander. So you're talking about trying to replace two of your tackles. If you're the chiefs, so maybe we could have listed them as possibly a loser, but maybe not. Both Super Bowl teams can't be in the loser category, right? That's I ridiculous. I would I don't don't pay the Chiefs as losers. That's how you get burnt later. That is how you get burnt. I take that back. Erase that bill. Well, that's how they. Yeah, they tried to paint them that way last year. Everyone thought they were going to have a down year and ended up coming back and winning the Super Bowl. So yeah, don't don't poke the bear, which is Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes, because they're always going to. Oh, you. but before, right. before we go, speaking of bears, cocaine bear. Did you see Elizabeth Banks last night at the Oscars? Yeah, she was losing her voice, which I felt kind of bad for, but I did like her little bit with the bear. I, I, empathize, I empathize with it. <laughs> I was like, well, Wait, you empathize with the Elizabeth Banks or the cocaine bear? Elizabeth Banks. I was like, oh, man, I feel that. Like you're on the stage. She's like, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, she had the bear. She was like, if not for visual effects, this is what the bear would have looked like. It was a pretty funny little bit. It was a pretty funny little moment, yeah. And, and uh, the bear had a uh, fun little bit about what was the uh, what was he talking about? The people from Avatar. He thought that those were real people, but yeah, that's right. And, uh, All right, it, it wouldn't be the Pick Six podcast if we didn't end things on a cocaine bear note. Right. So we're going to wrap it up there. Make sure you join us tomorrow at seven thirty p.m. for more NFL free agency coverage. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page. And for anyone listening to audio only, make sure that you download, follow, and leave a five-star review. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five-star review. And tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We'll see you tomorrow.